thank you so much for the the invitation to uh, to join join with you on on this part of the journey of uh, of Christ Church out here in Hillsborough. It's a, it's a privilege for for me to to be with you, to have been invited, uh, to have accepted, and to uh, to be with you on this Sunday morning. I want to, to just a little bit of word about myself. Where's my wife? Where's Carol Ann? Oh, here. Uh, would, <laughs> uh, would you stand up? This is my wife, Carol Ann, and. <laughs> She's put up with me for 43 years, and we are uh, we're privileged to be out here and to be with you. I want to say just a little bit of word about about myself and and our family, so that you would have that that framework. I've uh, I retired from uh, uh, having been pastor at West Lynn Lutheran Church out in West Lynn. I was there from uh, as pastor from 90, 95 to through 2007. So I retired the end of 2007 from that. And in this intervening three years, I had uh, we uh, we worship at uh, Lake Grove Presbyterian uh, when when I'm not working or doing other activities, and so that's where we have had our our uh, our worship life over these uh, nearly three years now. And so that's been a, a great congregation for us to have been been a part of. We uh, uh, since I retired, I spent my first winter, uh, my only winter, uh, working up at Timberline. I taught skiing up at Mount Hood for a winter. That was, that was good. That was fine, uh, of driving up there in the, in hazardous conditions. And so, uh, I've been doing that, uh, and I still ski, but I just don't, uh, don't teach other people how to do it anymore. So I'd been, uh, skiing, and then after my second job, after I retired, I went to work in a winery, and I, actually, I still, uh, we'll continue to, to work out there about a day a month or so, even while, while I'm here. And, uh, it's a, a winery out in, out in Dundee. I also work as a consultant with an organization up in Tacoma, Washington called the Enrichment Group. And, uh, those of us who work with the Enrichment Group do, uh, consulting, fundraising consulting with congregations. Primarily, we work for capital campaigns, mostly capital campaigns in congregations. And I've done that since also I retired, added to that. In terms of volunteer activities, I continue to serve, although I'm taking a break from it because of uh, being out here in Hillsboro, uh, serve as a volunteer with an organization called CASA, uh, Court Appointed Special Advocates. So that's how I've really spent my time uh, since I retired, but it feels very comfortable, and there is this kind of truism or this idea that in our lives most of us will return to or go back to or find comfort in doing what we were most comfortable in our lives doing. And my goodness, here I am after three years back in a place that feels very familiar, very comfortable. And I'm very, very grateful to you for the invitation to welcome us in this manner. Carol Ann and I have two daughters. Our daughter, uh, Sarah, is our oldest daughter, lives in Seattle. She's uh, lived uh, mostly in Washington, D.C. for the last 15 years, but now lives in Seattle, and we're uh, glad to have her, uh, rather than 3,000 miles, and driving 180 miles is really not much of an issue. We're really glad to be able to visit with her. Uh, she is uh, 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 single and uh, lives over in the Ballard area of Seattle. Our daughter Amy, our youngest daughter, and her husband Brian, and our 15-month-old, 16-month-old grandchild Lucy uh, live in Chicago. So we, we just got back a week ago from Chicago. So Carol Ann and I both are, Carol Ann more frequently than I, are in Chicago a number of times over the course of the year to visit with our family there. 
so uh, that's kind of the, the framework for uh, for who we are, and again, our deepest gratitude to you for for the welcome and the uh, the invitation to uh, to join with you. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours as we begin this journey together in Jesus. Amen. Occasionally, a, a television show will pop up on. Uh, 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 on, the, on the schedule, and I, I'm going through the channel guide on the TV, and we'll find a, a, a television show that I've seen multiple times. And the one, and I still watch it, if I see The Godfather, part one, part two, or part three, I'm there. Uh, I almost know many of the lines, like, leave, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many great lines, but and every time I watch Godfather One, Godfather Two, or Godfather Three, I hear something new, I see something fresh that I've missed when I saw it the first time, 30, 40 years ago, whenever the first one came out. I typically walk a couple, three mornings a week with uh, with a friend who lives in my neighborhood, and he and I have set up maybe three or four different walking routes that we have out in our neighborhood in, in West Lynn. And it's it happens all the time that we're on one of those routes that we know very, very well. And we'll say to each other, Don, I've never seen that before. Some tree, some feature of the landscape, something unusual or, or noticeable about a house or where we're walking or the highway. Hearing and listening, listening to songs and paying attention to the words or to the nuances of the music. And I'm listening to the songs and singing the songs this morning, a couple of which I have known. But I'm hearing new, new and different nuances in all of those. Songs that I've heard for years, places I've been when I've walked, movies that I've seen over and over. If I pay attention, there's something new and fresh about them. I'd like to ask you, as we begin this part of the activities, the ministry, the life of Christ Church in Hillsboro, as we begin in these days, I'd like to ask you to think with me around one metaphor, one image that I hope would be helpful, and it's this, that of walking together, traveling together, on a journey. Now, I understand and I recognize that that phrase, that metaphor, that image of a walk or a journey is in, it is, it can be a huge cliche because it's used so frequently and used in so many different ways. Spiritual journey, uh, walking with God, walking with each other. Most of us know that. And again, I go back, it's a familiar term. It's a familiar experience. However, what I'd like to ask you to be patient with me about and with one another as this process of moving through our life together, to be positioned and to be in a location sometime out in the near future so that the congregation can extend a call to a person to come and serve as lead pastor. I ask you to help me think about that process in terms of a journey, a walk, an experience 
that we, all of us here, have chosen to do together. Now, if you've walked with a group of people, you know that a lot, there's a lot of dynamic that goes on and can go on when that happens. And you know that there are frequently a lot of questions that will be asked. Let me just run some of them by you. You've probably heard these. I'll bet you've even asked them before. Does anybody know where we're going? Why are we walking so slowly? Why are we walking so fast? Why are those other people way out there in front? I'm feeling left behind. How about if we just stop for a moment and smell the roses? How about if we just go to Starbucks? How about if we just pick up the pace a little? Is there any danger, anything we need to watch out for in this journey? I think I've been here before. Do we have any roadmaps? Whose GPS is working? What about guides? Is there a shortcut that we can take to get to where we want to be? I'm getting tired. And my favorite of all time that all of you have heard one time or another, are we almost there yet? But you know there will be many of those conversations all along the way. I'd like to ask you to think about that journey, the journey of this congregation, and my being with you in such uh, uh, as uh, one of the pastors. I'd like to ask you to think about that journey around three, what I think of are three truths. These three. Number one, we will always walk with Jesus. Number two, we will always walk together. And number three, we will always walk with purpose. Walk with Jesus, stay together, walk with purpose. Let me say just a little bit about that first one, about walking with Jesus. There's a uh, scripture passage on the overhead that you'll see in just a moment. And it's a passage from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Now, I need to say just a little bit about Luke's Gospel and about how it's structured and how it's set up. Luke, who wrote both the Gospel and the book of Acts, was a travel guy. And if you've read the book of Acts, you know what, how much of a travel journal that is of the travels of St. Paul and the, the early apostles. But what isn't often recognized is that the Gospel of Luke is also has a section of travel, of travel log in it. And it begins with purpose at chapter 9. And after Jesus has summoned all of his disciples, he's been training them, he's been uh, instructing them, they've gotten into a little bit of trouble. Jesus, they're slow learners, just as we are. Jesus has done about all he can do with them. And then he says these words. And those words are right there, the beginning of that passage. And these are Luke's words. As the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, he resolutely set, with purpose, resolutely, set out for Jerusalem. Jerusalem. 
that phrase in the 51st chapter of the Gospel of Luke begins the experience of the journey. And the journey will take Jesus and his disciples to the city of Jerusalem where we know what will happen. This section of Luke's Gospel concludes chronologically on Palm Sunday as they make their way over to Bethany to the house of Mary and Martha. And Jesus prepares to make that majestic entry into the city coming down through the Kidron Valley and go through the Eastern Gate. What happens between chapter 9, verse 51, and the 60th, about the 60th verse of chapter 18, is a travel log about what happens, about what takes place in the lives of Jesus and the disciples as they move. If you happen to have a Bible or use a Bible that has the words of Jesus in red print, my Bible has, has that feature. You will discover that when you get out to these nine chapters, there is a lot of red print. Because Jesus' instruction and conversation with his disciples is intensified. It happens frequently and it happens with intensity. They are traveling to Jerusalem, and along the way, there are three categories of travelers with Jesus. Just as, I think, those three categories of travelers are to be found in this community of faith with Jesus. Let me name them for you. First of all, there is a group of people who are tourists. Tourists are the folks who travel. And travel because they want to enjoy themselves. They want to see something that's new. They want to have a good time. They want to maybe initiate some relationships. It's not really clear. But there are some tourists in this group. They may not be named, but whenever you read this section of the Gospels, know that there will be something like tourists known as the crowds who follow Jesus. Second category of people who is in this entourage are the people who are named as disciples. Disciples are people who are students. They therefore are people who want to learn something. And Jesus is the teacher. Jesus, Rabbi, Master, is how he is frequently addressed. There are tourists. There are now disciples. Jesus is a teacher. Disciples are the students. There's a third category of people on this journey with Jesus. There's a third category of people sitting in church this morning. There are tourists here. There are disciples here. The third category of people 
are the pilgrims. The pilgrims are the people who travel with a purpose. The purpose might be simply to reach the destination. There might be some other purpose that the pilgrims have. Now, know this. Tourists can become pilgrims, can become disciples, can become pilgrims. The lines are always a little fuzzy. So you may have entered this space this morning thinking that you would sit back and watch and find out if the church council has made the right decision about and you may decide, nope, they didn't make the right decision and you're out. You are a tourist. Or you might have been touched and shaped and inspired by some of this majestic music this morning and I do want to acknowledge again the, the, the music leaders, the singers and the instruments that enrich our worship. You might have been touched and inspired and figure, I can sit up here and do that. And suddenly you've moved from being a tourist to becoming a disciple. Or you might have entered this space and believed you were a pilgrim. All you needed was to know the destination. And you're ready to go. And you heard Bill Branch extend that invitation. If you would like to travel with the call committee on this part of the journey, there are ways in which you will be able to make that happen. Travel with Jesus, knowing there will be tourists, pilgrims, and disciples along with you. The second feature of this journey is this. Travel together. Do you remember that uh, charming book that Robert Fulgham wrote about 15 to 20 years ago, Everything I Know I Need, I, I Learned in Kindergarten? It was just charming. And he had that one little phrase, whenever you go out, hold hands. Whenever you cross the street, hold hands and know that you are together. I just finished a book about, uh, that includes a number of chapters about the civil rights movement of the 1960s. Martin Luther King, Ralph Abernathy, Andrew Young, the primary leaders of that, Hosea Williams, leaders of that, uh, of that, that effort. They did two things that were always powerful. Number one is they organized sit-ins, they rode buses, they sat at segregated lunch counters. That was huge. The second thing they did, which involved tens of thousands of people time after time, is they walked together. They literally walked together. They did marches. Now the organizers, Martin Luther King and his colleagues, knew this, that they, number one, had to be in the front of the march, and they had to lock arms. They had, and the, 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 there's documentation to this fact, their biceps were huge because they were strong men who literally held themselves together in the front of parades and marches of thousands of people by clinching their arms because the pressure to release was huge. People behind them, they were sometimes having tear gas thrown at them. They were frequently uh, facing incredible violence. They knew this, and they said to each other, whatever you do, do not let go. Stay together. 
the journey that we will be taking together over the next months requires that we stay together. In the third place, not only do we walk with Jesus, not only must we walk together, in the third place, we need to walk with purpose. We need to walk with purpose. Rick Warren sold millions and millions of books with the title, The Purpose Driven Life. He sold significantly fewer books, but still a lot of books with the title, The Purpose Driven Church. If you read the Gospels, and I believe that you do, and you pay a good deal of attention to the teachings of Jesus, there are, of course, vast numbers of topics which our Lord addresses, but when I read them again and again, I come back to this single truth, that what Jesus preached and taught and lived was to live with purpose. He taught with purpose. He sacrificed his life with purpose. It seems to me that as we begin this part, this chapter of the journey together, we want to be purposeful in what we're doing. However, I also want to suggest this to you. That if the purpose of my having been invited to serve with you, to be the lead pastor here for a period of time, is to secure a lead pastor out in the future, I must tell you, I think that purpose is wrong. I think that purpose is wrong. And I have six reasons that I think that we want to be together and the purpose for which we can be together. And let me just go over them with you. The purpose, the six purposes of our being together are these. To strengthen our faith. To strengthen our community. To know Jesus. To let Jesus know us. To serve others. And to travel well. I am convinced that if we honor those purposes, calling another pastor will be the easiest task that we have in front of us. Over the next two Sundays, and I'd like to use this particular theme for these three weeks together before we begin the series on James that you will hear about from, uh, from Chris a little bit later. But I've shape these, uh, these three Sundays around this idea, this theme. Taking the walk and telling the story. Today, I wanted to introduce that concept of taking the walk together. Next week, I'd like to spend some time with you on the second, the, the section of uh, verses following today's from, that's verses 57 to 62. And you can take a look ahead at that if you would like. That is the telling the story because we all have stories to tell. And that is so much of a fabric of any congregation's life together. 
that I'll be eager to talk with you a little bit about that and hear some of those stories. I look forward to these days together and the uh, uh, there'll be information about my schedule when I'm here and how I can be reached and I already have an email address here uh, that Patty had set up for me. So I'm looking forward to spending time with you. I'm so much looking forward to seeing with you and talking with you and discovering what the journey is going to be like. Would you join with me in prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, you've called us, you've summoned us, you've taken us places where we sometimes may not want to go. We haven't always listened well. We haven't always paid attention. And yet your patience with us continues. Today, as we gather in worship, as we are about to be strengthened in the body and blood of, uh, of your presence, we would pray that that also would strengthen us for this journey. Now, as we're invited, Lord, give us the strength, the courage, the willingness to invite others to be with us. You know the way, Jesus, and we know that you are the way, and that's quite good enough for us. And so we pray in your holy name. Amen.